You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. Consider the first two words of Hebrews 4 and 16, let us. The us is a reference to Christians are just people. Christians are folk that have made a conscious decision to serve Jesus and acknowledge him as two things. Number one, Lord, Jesus, you are my master. Therefore, what you tell me to do, that's what I'm going to do. And Jesus left a manual in reference to what he wants us to do. The manual that we call the Bible. So as Christians, we take the scripture of the Bible personally. Because we recognize that what Ever is written in the scripture is what we are to do as followers of Jesus. That, that's, what, that's what we recognize. A Christian is also a person that has the understanding that if he or she is going to successfully follow Jesus, is going to take self-denial. Jesus himself said, if you're going to come after me, I need you to deny yourself, take up the cross, and follow me. Have to take up the cross, which is figurative of suffering that leads to resurrection. I have to be willing to suffer for the sake of Christ, but my suffering is not going to be in vain because if I continue to follow Christ, I'm going to experience a resurrection. I'm going to experience a life that God has ordained for me to have. John 10 and 10 says that Jesus came that we might have life and, and that more abundantly. But a Christ, Christian is also a just person. A just person is a person that lives by faith. person that lives by faith based upon Romans 1 and 17 in particular, which says this right here. It says, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith faith. So if I'm going to live by faith, I've got to hear about the righteousness of God. And when I hear the revelation or the unveiling of the righteousness of God, that's what I am to live by. 
Now the unveiling of the righteousness of God, which is also called a word of faith, is revealed by a preacher. Romans 10, 14 through 17 says, In part, how can they hear without a preacher? And then it goes on to say in the 17th verse of Romans 10, So then, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. The hearing comes from a sent preacher, and the sent preacher has the understanding that I have to reveal the righteousness of God in order for the people of God to receive and live by faith. And faith is a wonderful thing because, because faith leads to victory. First John 5 and 4 says, The victory that overcomes the world is even our faith. If I come to church, listen to the preach word of God, walk in the revelation that I have received, I'm going to obtain victory. But walking by faith is not without a challenge because you will often be challenged based upon what you see or feel or hear especially from outside sources or sources other than people that are connected with God. That's the reason 2 Corinthians 5 and 7 says, when it comes to the just of Christians, we walk by faith, not by sight. I'm not going to walk by what I feel. I'm not going to walk by what I'm hearing when it's in contrast to the Scripture or the Bible. I'm going to continue to walk by what does says God despite what I'm hearing. Now what I'm hearing sounds pretty good, but it's in contrast to the will of God, so I'm not going to live by that. I've got to live by the word of God. Jesus, Jesus was so adamant about the word of God while on earth, he said to his disciples, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Whatever God is using his preacher to say, that's what I'm going to base my life on. That's what I'm going to live by. Even though I'm, I recognize that I'm going to be tempted to go north, south, east, or west, or some other direction, I'm yet going to submit to the will of God, despite what I go through. And, and some of us have not learned that lesson because we are still swift when it comes to basing how things are going to turn out by what we see or what we hear. We hear something and then it causes us to not only get sad, but to remain sad. Even though the thing that we're hearing is in contrast to the will of God. It's one thing for a child of God to hear some bad news and initially be caught off guard and, and be sorrowful because of it. But when you remain in that sad state, it says about you that you're not living the way God told you to live. 
He told you to live by faith and not by sight. I don't care how bad things get. God has a plan for your life. I don't care how much things seem all out of whack or in chaos. God has a plan for your life. And nothing or nobody is going to stop that plan as, well, as long as you live by the word of God. That's the reason when you get to going through things and it seems like the obstacles are against you, all you have to do is remember what Romans 8 and 28 says, which is all things work together for the good to those that love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. You got to know in the midst of your trouble, if you just keep living by the word, that it's going to work out in your behalf. I don't care if worse turns the corner and you go around the corner with it, if you're still keeping God's word, if you're still standing on what does say God, sooner or later, it's going to work out in your favor. Good God, I should have had some more witnesses. Because some of us, we have been through the fire, storm, and rain. But God was with us through it all. And when we came out, we were better off than when we went in. Am I talking about you? Tell somebody God will sustain you through the trouble. He'll bring you out despite what you go through. He will give you everything you need in the midst of your trouble. He won't remove the trouble. He will allow you to keep going through the trouble because trouble is a tool that God will use to make you. Trouble is a tool that God will use to cause you to go from being a wimp to a warrior. Trouble is a tool that God will use to cause you to go from being a baby to a man or a woman of God. You don't want God to dismiss the trouble. You just need to go through the trouble so when you finally come out of your situation you're going to be the man or the woman of God that the Lord has ordained for you to be if you've received that high five three folks and tell them I received that well I received that because I'm going through something right now you're going through it, but you're coming out of what you're going through. You're going through it, but as long as you keep your eyes on the hills from which cometh your help, it's going to work out in your favor. You may be battling right now, but sooner or later, victory is going to manifest, and it's going to drop a good measure, press down, shaker together, and running. Say to your neighbor, trouble ain't going to last always. That's the reason I'm going to shout in the midst of what I'm going through. I'm going to turn in victory in the midst of what I'm going through. I'm going to leap for a little joy because this just temporary. It ain't going to last always. I'm coming out of what I'm going through. Some of y'all ain't happy about it. That must mean you're not living by faith. Faith says that it's going to work out on your behalf. Faith says that this thing right here is not permanent. This thing right here is not going to hold you back. I'm going to do everything that God promised. Faith will just lead the way saying I'm going to do whatever God promised. Just keep following. And you have to understand, 
that as a Christian, again, you're going to go through things. You're going to find yourself having needs. Yeah. You're going to find sometimes that the money <laughs> that you make, even though, even though it's good money, is not going to supply the need all the time. See, you got your little budget set, you know, so you, you, you that. But then two or three things happen that ain't in You smart person. You you got all your little your little your little eyes dotted, your T's crossed, and so forth. You got everything together, but then boom! Ask your neighbor, have you ever had a boom in your life when something came up you wasn't expecting? Say to your neighbor, you wasn't expecting it. But God was expecting it. It wasn't nothing but a setup. You mad about it happening? You upset about it happening? But God allowed it to happen to see if you were going to operate in faith or you were going to operate by sight. I thought I would be there all my life. Yeah, but they dropped the boom on you. I thought I never would have to touch that little nest egg, but boom. Job praying hard every day. Offering up sacrifice for his children and then boom. Daniel got promoted in a high position in the kingdom of Babylon and then all of a sudden, boom. Say to your neighbor, the Lord will allow certain things to happen to let you know without him, you are nothing. I don't care how high you think you are. I don't care how educated you are. There will come a time to where you are going to need some help. Despite how wonderful you are and how wonderful you tell people you are, you still need Jesus. I wish I had some help. Tell three folks of me, you're going to need it. Rattle that, rattle that change in your pocket all you want to. Pull out that roll and, and show folk how many hundreds you got, how many fifties you got. Pull it out of all four pockets. But sooner or later, you gonna need God for something that your money can't deal with. You gonna need God for something that your doctor don't have a pill for. There will come a time. Am I right about it? Saints have needs. You've been used to a man all your life, woman. You ain't never been without no man. And you find yourself without a man. 
That's right, that's a boom. You find yourself without a man? Oh, I'm gonna preach real to you. So you might as well hold on. You'd be like, oh Lord, I didn't know he was gonna leave. Well, he did. And he took the savings with him. And that car he said he bought for you, he took it too. And look how he left you in the midnight hour when you were snoring. You sitting there snoring. And he done tiptoed away. And you find yourself in need. Lord, for 20 years I've been depending on him. And he just left me with these kids. And Lord, he, he, he knows that, that, that I only work part time. And then leave no money. Say your neighbor needs a real. You need your car, but then they, they call and say, if you don't have a payment in by such and such a day, they're going to pick up your car and, and you miss the date. And then you get up the next morning and your car is gone and, and you got to be at work in 30 minutes. Say to your neighbor, that ain't nothing but a need. That's the reason you have to get to the point to where you believe that God is a God that meets needs for his children. I said God meets needs for his children. He may not do it in the manner that you want him to do it, but I'm telling you God will supply your needs. David said it another way. David said, I've been young, now I'm old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging for bread. Say to your neighbor, God will allow you to go through the valley of needs. But if you just keep the faith... If you just hang on to his word, if you just get to shouting, if you just get to praying, if you just get to giving God your all, sooner or later, your needs are going to be supplied. And that enemy, I know he was your husband, I know he was your boyfriend, but that enemy that left you and took all the money, you better get ready because sooner or later, God is going to make him or her your footstool. Say to your neighbor, you may have to go through some storms. Before God makes him or her your footstool. But if you trust God for your salvation. If you trust God for your needs. It's going to work out in your favor. He supplies needs. 
That's the reason a struggling church by the name of the Philippian church when they were in a financial need they decided they were going to exercise their faith. And so they exercised their faith through giving. And because of that, the Apostle Paul turned around and he told them that my God is going to supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory. They exercised their faith because, see, faith is what causes God to move for his children. Causes God to meet your needs. Matter of fact, God does more than just meet your needs. He'll do exceeding abundantly above all that you ask. I think. Jesus himself said in the book of Matthew 6 and 33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all the things that you need. Clothing. Something to drink, something to put in your mouth will be added unto you. But you got to put the kingdom first. You got to keep God first. You can't put God to the side and try to work it out on your own. You can't put God to the side and and decide you're just going to try to get as much overtime as you want to get. No, you're getting out of the will of God. You got to keep living by faith and let God supply the need the way he desires to supply the need. If he tells you to work 20 hours overtime, if he tells you to do this, that, and the other, that's what you do. But you remember as a Christian, you have to deny yourself contextually when it comes to God meeting needs he set up a throne that he calls the throne of grace theologically it represents a place where a person can receive the divine blessings of God Ecclesiastically, it represents what is deemed the cathedral, the place where God is set, has set up for his church to come and receive better. Especially when they're going through things that they can't deal with on their own. And that's us, because as great as we are. There comes times in our lives to where we have to lay our pride aside, humble ourselves, and say, God, if you don't move, it's not going to happen. God, if you don't open up a window, it's not going to be satisfied. God, if you don't move this mountain, it's going nowhere. Ask your neighbor, have you ever been to the point to where you know you needed God? You knew it wasn't a job for mama. You knew it wasn't a job for your best friend. You knew if you were going to come through the thing that you were wrapped up, tied up, and tangled up in, or the thing that was in your way, it was going to take God himself moving. And God will not get off his throne to move for you because he doesn't have to. When you come to his throne, God will just sit there and he will do what he has always done he'll just give a word say to your neighbor can't nobody speak a word and cause things to happen like God does 
God can just say let there be and whatever he says it will come into being he ain't got to take one step away from his throne all he has to say in reference to your situation is let such and such happen and whatever he orders out of his mouth it will come to pass if you believe that say Lord I thank you for your word but you got to understand this in the beginning when it was God and God alone God spoke he said let there be light and light came let there be water and water came let there let there be a separation between the water and the heavens and that took place let us go and make man in our own image and when he formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul there was man but everything in the beginning God spoke it but then when God created man in his own image God decided I'm going to keep speaking but I'm going to select somebody to speak for me through the different generations through the different seasons they're going to say it but they're going to say it on my behalf that's the reason Amos 3 and 7 say surely the Lord God will do nothing but he reveal his secret his plan unto his servants the prophets. Walker, they got needs. And I'm going to need you to speak. I'm going to need you to speak because they've been coming to my throne. They've been praying. They've been praying at the house. They've been praying in their special prayer closet. They've been praying, even going up I-20, going up 166, or turning down 61. But you've got to speak what I tell you to speak. And let them know, surely, once I send forth my word, it will not return unto me void. It will accomplish everything that I have ordained for it to do. So people come to the throne of grace. And notice, and no, and notice contextually how people come and how we ourselves go to God boldly. Boldly. Biblically, if it's a reference to what the Hebrew writer said in Hebrews 11 and 6, when he said, without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and get this, that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. If I'm going to come boldly, that means I'm going to come with some diligence. Can't be playing around. Have to be reminded of what James says. The effective fervent prayer of a righteous person avails much. If God is going to talk to me directly or through the preacher, I'm going to have to go to his throne. I'm going to have to go boldly. I'm going to have to go with some diligence, with some faith. John understood it. That's the reason he later said, we know that if we ask anything according to his word, that number one, he hears our petitions. Number two, and we know if he hears us, that he's going to give us what we have asked. Why? Because we have asked according to his word. And God knows we have to come sometimes when there are needs. I've been to him when I didn't have $2. 
God, I need some money. I've been to him when I didn't have enough money. Lord, I got 150 of it. But I need 400 more. Lord, I got one car, but I, but I see I need two. Cause the one you blessed me with, it ain't got old and this morning it wouldn't even crank. You know my credit is not where it needs to be. You, you know I ain't got no down payment, but Lord, I need a car. Say to your neighbor, God will move on your behalf. When you ain't got much of nothing. He'll meet knees when you ain't got much of nothing. There was a woman that was married to one of the sons of the prophets that, that, that came to the man of God, Elijah, and after her husband had died and said, Man of God! The creditors getting ready to put us out the house. They're getting ready to take my sons. Because we are in debt. Man, to go and I said, well, what you got in the house? You got anything to sell? I ain't got nothing in the house but some oil. I got a little oil in the house. And then God gave him a revelation to get a woman. And that revelation caused her not only to get out of debt, but to have enough money coming in to where she could live from that time forward. Then there was another time that a woman was going through it and she didn't have but a little oil and a little meal. But, but God had spoke to his prophet and said, look, I want you to go to Zarephath because there is a woman in Zarephath that I have ordained to take care of you. And that's the only time a woman should take care of a man when God done told demand that that's what the woman gonna do so so don't you get messed up with no lazy man that was a good time to say that but he went to Zarephath and the woman that was supposed to help him didn't have anything she was in need But then God gave him a revelation. So you tell her to go make you a little cake. Take care of you first. And then I'm going to bless her and her household. And after he just started preaching to her to finally she started activating her faith. Because if she would not have activated her faith, the miracle would not have taken place. But she activated her faith and she put into action what the man of God told her. And, and, and then after she, she made a little cake for him, the Bible is clear. It says that the little oil she had and the flower and the little flower that she had did not run out during the entire time the famine was taking place. Say to your neighbor, can't nobody need, meet needs like that but God. <laughs> then there was a woman that had an issue of blood for a whole lot of years. In need of a healing. She heard about Jesus, so she exercised her faith by going to one of his services that was packed out. And, and she was already weak in her body, but her faith was strong. And she said... 
within herself in the midst of the service if I can just touch his clothes, the hem of his clothes. I know I will be made every wet hole. And so she started pressing her way. How many know you have to press your way sometimes? When you got a need, you have to press your way sometime. But don't let the press stop you because your miracle is ahead. She pressed her way, touched the hem of his clothes, and she felt within herself that she was healed of the plague. And she got up happy, getting ready to tip back to her place in the back of the Sabbath. But then Jesus yelled out, somebody touch me. His disciples didn't know what was going on. He said, somebody touched me because I felt virtue. I felt strength leaving my body. And the woman was happy and then she knew it's time for me to testify. And so she held up her hand and it's just me saying that. I'm paraphrasing. She said, it was me, Lord. And she told Jesus her story. She told Jesus a story and he turned around and said your faith has made you whole say to your neighbor you can't get around faith your need is going to be met because of your faith I've seen God move for me on many times I remember when we didn't have anything in the refrigerator and I was just praying that some kind of meat would just come my way and back then it didn't matter if it was pork, beef, lamb or whatever just come my way and I'll never forget I was praying and, and in the midst of praying about two or three hours later a brother came over and he dropped a whole case of pork chop at my doorstep and, and called me and said look it's a box on your doorstep I opened it up and guess what we had for dinner that evening <laughs> didn't have no beans to go with it didn't have no bread to go with it, but the pork chop was delicious. <laughs> Say to your neighbor, you have to go before the throne of grace with some boldness. You have to go diligently. You have to go letting God know that you are hungry. You are thirsty. You want Him to move on your behalf. Or if you're standing in the gap for somebody else, you have to let God know, I need you to do this thing. I need you to move on my behalf. I know you're omnipotent. I know you're omniscient. And I need you to do this for me. Lord, I need you to do it for me. Lord, I'm sitting here going to school and I got on all of these nice looking clothes and folk don't know I ain't got nothing to eat. Lord, if I was back home in America's mama would have macaroni and cheese and so forth, but I'm way up here in cat. You got to meet my need, Lord. I need something in the house to eat. I need something to eat. Lord, I'm looking at my roommates. They eating and they ain't offering nothing. And, and, I'm, and I'm telling them I'm okay, but my stomach is growling and I know they know something is wrong. You got to pray. You got to go to the throne with your faith and say, God, you got to move on my behalf. 
Lord, I thank you for this job, but this job is not supplying my needs. It's not doing what I needed to do. Lord, I need you to move, God. Lord, they're even thinking about cutting the hours. I need you to step in and do what needs to be done. Say to your neighbor, you got to come boldly before the throne. And look what he says. Come boldly before the throne of grace. And say to your neighbor, and when you come like that, you're going to find something. And you're going to obtain something. God does not expect for you to come empty and leave empty. And if God is omnipotent, omniscient, and you're going to the throne of grace, right? You're going to leave with something. Oh yeah, you are. You're going to leave with something. You're going to leave. And, and, and when you leave, you, you have to understand something. When I say you're going to leave with something, the primary thing you leave with when you come away from that throne is a yes. Or instruction. Yeah. Yes or instruction. And then in God's timing, everything starts to unfold. Man, I was going through it so hard to well when, when God had told me, he said, you know what, you ain't going to never have to worry about this, that or the other. But, but when he said it, time didn't kick in for it to happen because he wanted to see if I was going to trust what he had put in me. And for a little while longer, I kept battling, but then a good boom said, hello. <laughs> say to your neighbor, a good boom. <laughs> we'll say, hello. hello. The promise is here. The promise is here. Promise, when the promise comes and you'd be like, man, that's a money. I got money in my pocket. Oh, it's a Tuesday and I got money in my pocket like it's Friday. Then time go on. I got money in my pocket and all of my bills are paid for. Got more than one car and all of them running well. Say to your neighbor, can't nobody do you like Jesus. Say to another neighbor, can't nobody do you like the Lord? Because look at what happens. Again, you, you will find and obtain two things. Notice what you will obtain according to the scripture. You will obtain mercy. You come to that throne, you're going to get some mercy. You're going to get some elias. That's the Greek word. Mercy. God going to be kind to you. And say to your neighbor, God's kindness is different from anybody else's kindness. Because you got some kind folk. Yes, you have. You got some kind folk. You, you got folk that, that will actually empty what they have in their pocket and give it to you. You got some folks that will give you money and there will be no strings attached. You got some good folk in this earth. You got some good folks in this room. You got folk in this room, they, they, will, they will literally go to their house 
empty out their refrigerator, empty out their cupboard and so forth and come back to your house and make sure you have all you need for yourself and the children. But say to your neighbor, can't nobody do you like Jesus. Think about how wonderful somebody has treated you. And then look at God doing ten times more. God will use ten folks to come to your house. And each one will come with a thousand dollars. You don't need but two thousand. But he's going to say, no, I'm going to send ten back. And you take the two and you, you, you do what you got to do with it. But then you're looking at that eight. And they took your car three days ago. And now you're, now you're in a place the way you can go and get a car and not even have to worry about a payment. Say to your neighbor, can't nobody do you like Jesus? And when stuff like that happens, you know what you call that? Mercy. Something you didn't go out and earn. Something that God said, I don't want her to be in lack. I don't want her to suffer. I don't want them children to go without one more meal. So I'm going to send my mercy. But he sent it because you got on your face before his throne. And said, Lord, I need some grace. Lord, I need you to help me. And he moved on your behalf. He moved on your behalf. But then, you not only obtain mercy according to the text, but look at what, how he closes it out. You find grace, get this, to help in time of need. Grace waiting. Grace is waiting because grace's mission is to meet needs. Say your neighbor, grace mission is to meet your needs. I said grace mission is to meet your needs. Touch yourself like this. See, if I go boldly before that throne, grace going to meet my needs. All of them. All your needs. If you exercise your faith. If your job was your source, every time a need came up, your job would supply it. Does your job do that? Nobody's job does that. And you may love your job, but it does not do that. The only one that can do that is God. As much as you love mama and other people you're related to that help you out, he don't do that. Only one that does that is God. All your needs. But it's a process. You have, to, you have to approach him according to his word in order for it to be done. We had a need. I've talked about this often, but we had a, we had a need for $50,000. Y'all see the, these little beams? You see the, what we highlighted? We made sure they were highlighted. The reason we want, wanted folks to see them is because 
this is the main structure, but but it but it took us having fifty thousand dollars just to get these beams to remain in count. And we had, if I'm not mistaken, three three to four days to get up fifty thousand dollars. And I think at the time we may have had about five. And at that particular time, the ones on the board, we were not as fortunate as we are now. And if something like that happened now, it'll be different. But back then, uh, it, I might have 500. I might have two. I got 150 toward it. Well, that's a, well we got another thousand, another that we, we still. That ain't no fifty thousand dollars. Long story short, well, I don't even have to tell you, finish the story. The beams in, aren't you? so you know what happened. But how many understand that grace will help? I'm done. Let's get the Lord a hand of praise. Thank you for listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. Please stop by our website for more information on our church at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Until next time, remember, Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly.